morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you are here with us today. We would like to welcome any guests and visitors that we may have in our midst with us. I have just a few announcements. We want to take notice of the flowers that are placed in our sanctuary by Tom Poston in memory of Mildred Poston in remembrance of her January 23rd birthday. So we wanted to take place of those flowers that are in our sanctuary this morning. One week from today, we are excited to be celebrating our Baptist Men's Sunday. Uh, Dr. Joe Webb and Tommy Green will be speaking this coming Sunday, uh, and there will just be a good time of worship um, led by our men and the Baptist men in our church. We are excited that you are here this morning. We are pleased that you have chosen to worship with us, and I pray that each of us would open our hearts to worship our God this morning. We're going to open this morning's service with the um, new song that we've been working on, Will You Come and Follow Me? You'll find the words on either side on the screens or also in your order of service. And if you would, please stand and join me in singing, Will You Come and Follow Me? from Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God, it is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his court with praise. Give thanks to him, and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all the generations. Before we stand again to sing our next hymn, I wanted to invite you to the study that begins tonight. Um, it's, I entitled it, Me Sing a Hymn, but it's really more about the hymnody, the history of hymnody and music and worship uh, in Baptist life throughout um, the ages. And we'll talk a little bit about Baptist hymnody and church music practices, different Baptist hymnals, the shaping power of music and worship, influences on Baptist music and worship, how we can make the most of a hymnal, and seeking excellence in bringing together different styles of worship and music. So um, I hope you will attend that. It's on Sundays at five in the Lighthouse Room for four Sundays beginning tonight. And maybe we'll even talk about all creatures of our God and King. It's our next hymn. If you would please stand and join me in singing if you are able.
be seated. Invite the children to come forward. How are you today? Good. Our story today is, oh my goodness. Hey, Sin, how are you? Can you hold these for me? Okay. These are yours and these are for a girl. Okay, hold on. Our scripture this morning talks about, in a little way, the clothes you wear. How many times in the morning, this is especially for girls, do you change your mind? You put something on and you don't like it. You change your clothes. Maybe you don't have that choice. Maybe mom just lays them out for you. Sometimes, yes. Well, that's the way I used to sort of do with my boys, just to make sure they matched when they got here. But I have two friends here with me today. And I want to read you part of the scripture that Pastor Keith's going to read to the church in just a few minutes. It's from Galatians 3, and I'm going to read verse 12. It says, You are God's chosen people. You are holy and dearly loved. So put on tender mercy and kindness as if they were your clothes. Don't be proud be gentle, be patient. And then verse 14 says, and over all these good things, put on love. Love holds them all together perfectly as if they were one. Well, that's not really clothes, you know. We put on clothes in the morning and Riley, will you help me? Will you put this on this? Whoops. Put this on this little lady right here, and there's your sticker. And you will give her some pants. Okay, now give her some pants. Now she matches, doesn't she? All right, Hayden, can you help me here? Okay, can you give the next person some pants and a shirt? There you go. All right, our people here are sort of dressed, aren't they? But do they have any of the things that God said for us to wear? They don't, do they? Where are those things that God told us to wear? Where is love? It's in our heart, isn't it? Where is kindness? In our heart. Well, on the back of the boy's shirt, so that we remember where we are, is the words. Mercy, gentle, love, patient, forgiving, and kindness. So even though they're not on our sleeves and on our shirt, written so everybody can see them, they're in our heart, aren't they? So we need to remember this every day. We need to let the words that God says as our clothes, we need to put them on every day. And we need to share them with everyone we meet. And we're getting ready to start 28 Days of Love. And do you know that one of the things that you can do for 28 Days of Love is when you walk down the school hall in the morning, smile. And you know what? You just gave away God's love. So when we start working on our days of love and our days of kindness, just remember it's so simple to give back what God tells us to wear every day. Let's pray.
Dear Lord, you have once again brought us through the week. You have brought us through the ups and the downs, the smiles and the tears. You have given us these children on Sunday to renew our spirit, to renew our love. Keep them safe, watch over them, protect them and their families as they are our children given to us by you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. I want to make you aware of a mission opportunity, but first I want to tell you a story. In August, I began teaching a class of young adults, 20 to 30, who are single. So after we had met a few weeks, I told them I'd like for them to do a mission project. So I mentioned several things, and they didn't seem too interested. So I said, well, I'll tell you what's near and dear to my heart is making pillowcases. Oh, yeah, that'd make pillowcases. I said, you would? So we decided to make pillowcases. Well, I said, if you'll come to my house, I'll fix supper for you. Then we'll go in the basement, and we'll make pillowcases. We did that in early December. These pillowcases right here that Tripp's going to show you, we made in about two hours. Tripp cut out these pillowcases. Now, I want... <laughs> this is what one pillowcase looks like finished. So we decided we had so much fun, we wanted to invite y'all to sew. Now, don't say, I can't sew, so I can't do this. We need people to match fabric. We need people to cut out. We need people to pin. We need people to press. We need people to pick up scraps of thread and fabric. So there is a job for everybody. So we are going to partner with St. John's Episcopal Church in Charlotte. They have been making weekly runs to Lumberton to take cleaning products, paper products, and personal hygiene products to the folks in, in uh, Lumberton. So I emailed the person who's sort of in charge of this, found, I, I heard about all this on TV, and told her what we wanted to do and asked if we could partner with, with them. Oh, she's just all ecstatic about it. Well, they're going to do a mattress campaign. And in doing all this planning, I have found out there is somebody who wants to do a pillow campaign. Pillows and pillowcases, don't they go together? And mattresses, they all go together. So guess what? You got an opportunity on February 3rd, that's a Friday night, from four to eight to help us with this project. This will take place in the Fellowship Hall and the LEC, and supper will be provided. The men's 8 o'clock Sunday school class is going to do supper for us. All we need you to bring is your sewing machine and some fabric. Everything else will be provided. Tripp's going to set up all the tables. We, oh, why are y'all laughing? Tripp's great. He'll do anything you want him to. The fabric needs to be 100% cotton. If you bring it in lengths, Tripp, you can hold this up. It needs to be... Eight in, uh, nine inches long by the width of the fabric or 27 inches long 
by the width of the fabric, or you can bring yards, yardages. And yours, you don't have to bring something that matches. You just bring it. We got some people that are going to match it up. Other people will have fabric, so we, so we can match it. If it's 100%, we need to be 100% cotton. If it's new, you don't have to wash it. If it has been stashed away in a basement, in a trunk somewhere, and smells musty, we would like for you to wash it. So bring your sewing machine and join us. If you have questions, you can call me. This information will be in the current that's coming out this week. Sometime in the next few days, anyway, before this. But I want to say to you, parents, grandparents, and church members, you should be really proud of these young people for wanting to do this, and we should really support them. So I hope to see you on February 3rd to help us. Barbara, as always, thank you for your enthusiasm and hard work. Uh, when she gets behind something, she can make it happen. And uh, the church supports her. And so, Barbara, thank you. And Tripp, you did a great job up here today. So thank you. Uh, and great job on those pillowcases. Uh, it is, it's exciting as pastor to see um, what excites different people and just turn them loose. And uh, it's exciting to see what uh, different people and different groups in our church are involved in and, and doing uh, every week. Some that we know about and some that uh, many don't even know about. Uh, before I pray this morning, let's be in prayer for Polly McDaniel. She fell in the last two days and uh, has damaged her hip at this time. They do not think it is broken, but she will require some rehab and will be moving to a rehab facility this week. Uh, but uh, please, she is currently at Shelby High, at the Cleveland Memorial. But be in prayer for Polly McDaniel and others as they begin this time of, of rehab. Also, Cheryl Bottoms had major heart surgery this week. Many of you know Cheryl and Ari Bottoms uh, that are now, I believe, at Union Baptist. And um, Cheryl had some heart surgery this week, and she is recovering. Uh, it was quite extensive, uh, but things went well, and we praise the Lord for that, and she is recovering. But just like anyone recovering from heart surgery, it is a, it's a process. And so uh, let's uh, remember her and the family at this time. Also, Kim Reel, as she, this is Lynn and Jane Surratt's daughter, as she deals with a situation related to school that has been quite traumatic in the last uh, few days, and so we want to be in, uh, in prayer for her as well. Uh, many of you come in here to this place today um, with different concerns and things on your heart and mind, and so I'm going to pause for just a moment to allow you to whisper your own prayer uh, or to say, pray silently, and then I will lead us in our prayer this morning. Let's pray together. God, we gather this morning as your people with many things on our hearts and our minds. We're burdened for family, for friends, for community, for country and world. Father, help us to give these cares to you at this time. We're grateful that we serve an all-sufficient Savior. We're grateful that we serve an omnipotent and omniscient and omnipresent God who is with us on the mountaintops and carries us through the valley, as it says in Tom, it's Psalm 23, and with you through the valley of the shadow of death. We're grateful for your presence in our lives, and Father, we hunger and yearn and earn uh, for that presence, for your presence with us this day as we worship. Lord, what's amazing about songs and about scripture and, and sermons is that uh, Father, you can take the many messages that are communicated. There should make, there's usually one main message of your love, but Father, you can take the many uh, different words to the hymns and the sermon and, and your scripture, Father, and speak to each heart right where 
it is, and right in the midst of everything that an individual may be going through. And so, Father, I pray today that you would meet each one here at the point of their need. Father, if it's encouragement, Father, may they receive that word. Father, if it's um, some direction, I pray that, Father, as they listen to your spirit and as your word and songs, as it's read, your sermon, as it's preached, that, Father, they would receive that direction today. Lord, we lift up these who are going through difficult times. We pray for Polly McDaniel that you would bring healing and comfort to her body. We pray that for Cheryl Bottoms as well. And Lord, we pray for Kim Real as she goes through a difficult time right now. Father, these are just a few of many concerns that we are aware of today. And Lord, we lift all these to you. Lord, we're, again, we're grateful for your presence here with us. We're grateful for your son, Jesus Christ. We're grateful for his life, his death, and his resurrection. Father, we're thankful this morning for the hope that we have because of Jesus Christ and your great love for us through him. Father, we lift up the songs, the prayers, the scripture, the sermon. And Father, again, speak to us in ways that we need to be spoken to this day. Bless each one here. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Our next hymn is the new hymn we've been learning all month. So you sang with lots of enthusiasm for the call to worship. So I invite you to stand again and join me in singing the entire hymn.
My grandfather taught us three very important rules, and Sandy and I were very blessed to um, abide and be taught that this was our priority in life. Um, it was faith, family, and community. Um, family, I have given 100%. I feel like I give my community 100%. But I'm not sure that I give my faith 100%. And when the pastor asked me to pray this morning, I immediately said yes and have struggled with that all week because I wasn't sure that I could pray about something that I wasn't totally giving to so today, I challenge you, as I challenge myself, to give your faith 100%. And that's not just in the Word, but that's also what you can give. None of us are hungry. None of us are without shelter. And even if we were, someone else would provide for us. <clears throat> so I ask that you give everything that you can and that's your money, your time, and your talent. I most definitely can't sew, but I plan on being here February 3rd. I most definitely can't do a lot of things, but I've got a talent somewhere and so do we all. I ask you to reach in and what you think may be the simplest to you is magnified in multitude to someone else. May we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you give us so much and expect nothing in return. You've blessed us with love, overwhelmed us with your spirit, and Father, now is a time for us to give back, to give up what we think is so important and give that back to you because you and what you've given us and have planned for us is the most precious gift there is. Thank you for giving me this church, this church family, and allowing me the opportunity to give back. In your name I pray, amen.
in the bulletin, the page numbers of the scripture today in the, what is this, Revised Standard Verse in the Pew Bible. This came up a few months ago on Deacon's meeting, that there's so many translations of the Bible, and someone here reads it in a real modern version, say, it's kind of hard to follow sometimes. So we agreed to use the Pew Bible every week. I'll notice for myself, maybe you're different. If someone stands up here and reads, if not looking at me, my mind tends to wander. So having the, the Bible there in front of me really helps out. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's old age. Anyway, today we're reading from the pastors picked the first 18 verses of the third chapter of Colossians, Paul's letter to the church at Colossae, which was what is in now modern Turkey. Well, the other day they'd be called Turks. I don't know if the city still exists, probably don't. But I told Sunday school class that uh, Paul was in prison when he wrote this. Can you imagine going around preaching the gospel knowing you might be put in prison any time? So he was for heresy and taken to Rome where he wrote several of the New Testament books. Okay, this is really a textbook to life. If you all did, if we all did this, 
not leave myself out. This world will be a finer place. Let's listen to all the lists he's got here. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. The allergies don't help. Which is idolatry. I assume you mean all of those are. My home translation had greed there in place of covetousness, which is idolatry. Greed, wanting, uh, idolizing things. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you once walked, when you lived in them, but now put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and foul, foul talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old nature with its practices, and have put on the new nature, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its Creator. Here there cannot be Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free man, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience. It's quite a list, isn't it? Compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience. Forbearing one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in the one body. <clears throat> and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through Him. I think I said 18, the 17 we went through. Thank you. A beautiful anthem this morning. Thank you for leading us in worship in that way. As your pastor, over the last several weeks, I've been uh, praying and, and thinking more about 2017, as many of you have, and uh, we t as Alan did a great job on New Year's Day. Thank you, Alan. Where is he at? There he is. Um, uh, did a great job sharing New Year's Day with us. And uh, back before then and, and that day and, and since, I've continued to think and pray about Boiling Springs Baptist Church in 2017. And last year, I, I, I played on something I did last year, decided to do it again this year. May end up doing it every year. I don't know. But just to, to give it a, uh, uh, an attractive and, and interesting title, just called it State of the Church Address. Uh, but I think it's important for a body of believers, a local congregation, to look back briefly, not to spend too much time in the past, but to look back briefly and then to look ahead into a new year. And so we've used the title, uh, State of the Church Address. Don't be confused 
with the State of the Union. Nothing I say is going to be political, although it could influence your politics. I don't need a round of applause or a standing ovation, but a few amens uh, from time to time would not be a bad idea. Uh, and I hope it will not be a 90-minute address. This is where the amens would be okay. Okay. All right. This year, Boiling Springs Baptist Church celebrates 170 years of being in existence. And that is quite a celebration. And we are planning some special things to commemorate that this fall. Uh, last, you know, we do something every year for Founders Day, but uh, special anniversaries, we do a little bit more. And this is going to be one of those years where we're going to do a little bit more uh, to commemorate and celebrate these 170 years. I've had the privilege and the distinct honor to be your pastor for a year and a half of these 170 years. Uh, it has been an exciting journey. Uh, the potential and the possibility for ministry and growth here is absolutely invigorating at times to me. It's exciting. Uh, many of you are here today for the first time, or maybe it's your second or third time visiting with us. Uh, we've had those recently on Wednesday nights. We've had other people who have been involved in different aspects of our ministry, some people who are becoming more engaged in the life of the church here at Boiling Springs, and I could not be more excited about that. Uh, my wife and I, Renee, and I love, uh, love being here. We love being, I love being your pastor. And like I said, I'm excited about the possibilities into the future, into 2017 and beyond. As we look back briefly at 2016, we can all think of things we can celebrate, uh, but we can also think of people who we have dearly loved, who have gone on before us and who are now uh, in heaven. And so we remember them as well. Uh, we think about our children this last summer, they experienced for the very first time an art and music camp, which a few weeks out, this was something new and we didn't know how things were gonna go, but we ended up, I, I can't remember quite the numbers, so of course Ellen's not in here, but it was closer to 30 kids uh, exposed to guitar lessons and, and other things. And so we're doing that again this coming summer and we're very much excited about that. Our children led us in worship for the first time in probably many years. Uh, we baptized uh, Grady Nodine and Briley Green. Uh, we think about our youth. We baptized four seventh grade girls just recently, or Alan did there in the river. Um, our youth have continued to grow closer to Alan and Mary, and they're excited about their future and what this year holds. There's been some great things happen among the softball and basketball teams that are now going on with our youth. A great camp last summer. We've had new Sunday school classes formed. Barbara Green, you, you heard from her just a moment ago about some great things that she's engaging with some of the younger people here in the church, uh, younger adults, and so we're excited about that. We've identified last year some core values, and I'm grateful for your participation in that. Uh, we uh, had a, enjoyed a meal together and then split off in some small groups to, to talk about those things that are most important to us here as a church family. We've added some screens in our worship services that uh, thank you for your patience. You know, most Sundays we get it right, but some Sundays we're still trying to figure out uh, how this stuff goes. And so we're excited about the potential for ministry that we've already seen with the screens, but also what we will see uh, as we move forward in ministry together. As we think ahead to 2017, like I said, there were some prayers, uh, or as I've been praying and reading and looking at different texts, I came across several, but I landed today, as you might imagine, on Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. I feel like it embodies some things that need to be said this morning about where we're headed uh, for 2017. But two words, well, three words keep, uh, come to mind, two, two statements, two sayings that uh, I feel led to focus on and, and some my own prayers, but also discussions with leaders here at the church. And one of those things is spiritual renewal. Uh, if you've been a Christian for some time, um, the weight of the world sometimes just simply gets heavy and it can cloud out our excitement and can cloud out our fervor for the Lord 
uh, and um, what does it look like? And so over the next several weeks and months, we're going to be going deeper and spending some time looking at and talking about, as we will this morning as well, spiritual renewal. I don't, have, I don't know about you, but I could use a dose of spiritual renewal. We went through a very draining season of politics and, and of just uh, with issues within our world that seem to at times drain the energy out of the strongest Christian. And so we're going to be looking at spiritual renewal. And the natural result of us doing that will be outreach. Uh, spiritual renewal and outreach are two of the things that the Lord has impressed upon my heart to spend some more time on. Um, Boiling Springs Baptist Church is at a great place to move forward in ministry in 2017. Uh, we have been through uh, a year and a half of completing the staff, and that staff is now complete. And I'm excited about the staff that I get to work with each and every day. Uh, most every day we get along. No, I'm just joking. We get along every day. Um, but uh, I'm excited. Each, each one is competent in their field. Each one loves the Lord, and each one is excited about their work and their calling here to Boiling Springs Baptist at this time and this place in, hist- in our history. Um, but if we combine the, uh, the staff along with our budget, which are with our good facilities, these things are great. As we want to move forward in ministry, as we want to see God do some great things, we've got the resources as far as staff and budget and facility that we need to move forward. But I think you would all agree with me that if our hearts are not in the right place or if our minds and our uh, focus is distracted, we will not see uh, the potential fulfilled of what we could be doing as a church family. So all of these, all of these material things are great and the, the staff is great, but let us be faithful in our own prayers, in our own spiritual growth and pursuing our own, again, our own spiritual, spiritual growth and spiritual renewal. As I was praying and reading over different texts, again, the last few weeks, Colossians 3, 1 through 17 jumped out. And I feel that Paul was not only writing to the church in Colossae at the time, he was doing this from a jail cell. Uh, he had never been to Colossae, but most likely his uh, companion Epaphras was the one who um, ministered there in Colossae and, and Paul and, and he conversed. Uh, but the church had been influenced, as all churches are, by uh, secular philosophy, by paganism. And uh, there were different ideas and teachings about Jesus and who he was and why he came. And the first chapter of Colossians could be another great passage, a great text for such a sermon as this today, but it talks about the incomprehensible, uh, the, the, the Christ who should be above all and is in all and through all and was at the beginning. Uh, and he goes on and on to talk about how Christ should take first place he's to preeminence in, in Colossians 1.18. Christ should take preeminence in our life, uh, first place. But Colossians 3 reminds us that the world can often overwhelm us. Uh, with its pressures, with its voices. And we all know that when we entertain these voices uh, com- that compete for our time and our attention, our relationship with God and his will for our lives and church and in community suffers. As we think about renewal this year and what it means to be renewed, I ask you, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to influence your decisions and your life, the way you relate with your family, with your work, with your coworkers, with your community, with your responsibilities, how is the Lord uh, and his spirit and, and just your own spiritual growth? Uh, and would you join me and others here at Boiling Springs Baptist in allowing God to do some new things in your heart and in your life and in the life of our church family this year? As we think about renewal this year and what it means to be renewed spiritually, are we allowing, again, the Holy Spirit to make us new and to renew our spiritual energies? 
We see this emphasis on renewal scattered throughout Colossians chapter 3. Paul talks about the process that we as believers go through and what it means to be made new. In verse 10, he says, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. The word renewal shares some of the same uh, root as the word renovate in the Greek language. And we all know who have been through uh, renovation, some of you may be going through it now in your homes, that it's not always, it doesn't always go as smoothly and as quickly as one might hope. It takes time, it takes plans. Uh, And then a lot of times you get into the midst of the renovation and the unexpected happens. My hope in prayer, I didn't plan on saying this, but my hope in prayer is that we begin, as we begin to, to go down the path of spiritual renewal, that we might see the unexpected take place that we might see God begin to move and work in us in ways that we never anticipated, in ways that we did not expect. And that would be my hope and that would be my prayer. But also renovating takes time. It happened overnight. If you're doing some major renovations, taking a wall out, adding this, doing this, uh, it takes time. And so, you know, one sermon is certainly not going to do anything about spirit. Hopefully it may help maybe uh, plant the seed. But uh, as we move on into February and as we move on throughout our season in preparation for Easter and then on into the spring, uh, there will be some many opportunities uh, to, to continue this conversation about what spiritual renewal looks like. But today I want to ask a question. What does it look like when spiritual renewal takes place? And Paul gives us, we're going to look at what Paul says about that question here in Colossians chapter 3. And you may want to just remember these or jot these down as I go through this. But what this will do today is I hope begin the discussion and begin you thinking about spiritual renewal. And again, it's not something that happens instantaneously, but it is a process. So what does it look like when spiritual renewal takes place? The first thing is we see less of the old nature and more of the new nature. In verses 9 and 10 of Colossians 3, uh, Paul writes, Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self that is being renewed to a true knowledge. The old nature is characterized here in verses 5 and verse 8. It talks about uh, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, which, which, uh, which leads, amounts to idolatry. And in verse 8, it talks about the old self again. Um, but you also put them aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. But the story doesn't end there. Again, Spiritual renewal takes place. It, it, we see less of the old nature and more of the new nature. And he references the new nature here in several verses, but I want to remind us of verses 12 and 13 when he says, so as those who have been chosen of God, this was also read during our children's sermon, holy and beloved, put on the heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. The second characteristic of being spiritually renewed is we see no distinctions. The characteristics of spiritual renewal is that we don't put certain people above or below others. Paul is very clear about this. In verse 11 of chapter 3, he says, A renewal in which there is no distinction between the Greek and the Jew, the circumcised and the uncircumcised. My scripture says the barbarian and the Scythian. This would, uh, has uh, reference to a warrior riding on a horse, the Scythian. They were uncouth. They were uh, brutal at times. Uh, they were the, the tough guy. And I think it's interesting that Paul puts that in here. But the slave and the free man, but Christ is all and in all. 
I love what the Living Bible says about verse 11. It says, in this new life, one's nationality or race or education or social position is unimportant. Such things mean nothing. Whether a person has Christ is what matters, and he is equally available to all. Paul also said in Romans 10, 12, there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord is Lord of all and abounding in riches for all who call on him. When renewal takes up residence in our life, we don't see people the way the world and the, and the culture tells us we should see people. I'm not the first to tell you or the, and you just watch the news or just live in our world today and you know that we certainly have issues in relationship to race, in relationship to class, and socioeconomic levels and other things that continue to divide. I am grateful this semester, many of you were introduced last year, many of you knew this already, but Cedric, uh, he's up, up top today learning some things up there, but um, uh, Cedric uh, began an internship with us this semester. And uh, last week, Cedric introduced to us uh, this process or this idea that, um, well, it's more than an idea, the, the effort that we will make this semester in beginning stronger relations with Green Bethel Baptist Church here within our community. Uh, Cedric will be talking about issues related to race and we'll have opportunities to learn and to grow and to, to reflect and to look within our own lives and to see if there are things there that should not be there, that don't need to be there. And my hope and prayer is that spiritual renewal as it begins to take place in a stronger and a deeper way in our life, that we will reflect Paul's words about making no distinctions. The other thing that what spiritual renewal looks like is when spiritual renewal takes place, we pursue love above all. And Paul is very clear about that here in verse 14. He mentions all these great qualities about love and, and, and well, excuse me, about compassion and kindness and humility. But in verse 14, he sums it all up. He says, but beyond all these things, and he mentions all these words in the, in the preceding two verses. But then in verse 14, he says, above all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. In February, many of you have already heard, but we'll be entering into something called 28 Days of Love. I was in some conversations with someone and we were talking about some things around Valentine's Day and different options and things like this. And I started thinking about something that I've seen uh, a, a church that I've been a part of do in the past. And there was a lot of different things that came together in what we are now calling 28 Days of Love. And our church family, I'm challenging you, your leaders are challenging you uh, to be involved and participate in this 28 Days of Love. There's an individual challenge to do something small each day or it may be something great to show love to uh, your coworkers, to show love to your community in some way. Uh, there's a list, uh, I think maybe it's in your bulletin or today I believe as well about just different ideas that would help get you started on that. But be thinking about it before the month, before the month gets here and be willing to do some new things each day that shares love with others in your world and in our local community. There's a, a group component to this as well. All the Sunday school classes and small groups are also challenged to identify a business in the local community of Boiling Springs. By business, it could also mean Garden Web or something you may not think necessarily as a business. But what can you do as a class or as a small group or even possibly an individual to show and to share God's love with that business during the month of February? We could go on and on, and we're going to do this uh, for four weeks in February on Sunday mornings. The music and the sermons will be centered around this love theme. 
And uh, we could probably spend all year on a different passage that has to do with love. But I think it's interesting that here in this text, like I said, it embodies where I feel the Lord is leading us in 2017. But here in verse 14, after all those positive things that we should always be about, he says, above all these things, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. And so I invite you and challenge you uh, to join me and join others in this 28 days of love in February. Out of the message translation, Eugene Peterson writes this in this passage. He says, so chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe that God picked out for you. And it goes right along with what Ellen was saying. Compassion and kindness and humility, quiet strength and discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic and all-purpose garment. Never be without it. When we think about what spiritual renewal looks like, is when spiritual renewal begins to take place, we have created space and made time to spend with God both privately and corporately. We see verse 16. Paul writes here in Colossians 3, he says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Is there time in your life personally that you have been spending with the Lord in prayer and in Bible study? There's a challenge here, I feel, from Paul in verse 16, as he says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. I hope that every time you come to the church, you hear the word of God, you study the word of God, you meditate on the things of God as we worship and as we grow and learn and study together. But I hope that you have that time personally as well. And here at the beginning of 2017, we're still in the month of January. Uh, if you maybe have uh, need either a, a new book, a new uh, challenge, you know, I'd love to talk with you and be creative about what it is that would help you grow in your faith personally. And my hope that as we come together collectively, corporately each Sunday morning as the body of Christ, that the devotion and the time that we have spent with our Lord each week would be evident within this room, within the spirit that uh, is the, the Holy Spirit that exists within this place as we come together, as we sing songs, as we pray, as we read and study and grow together. Uh, what has happened in us individually in the week uh, would be evident as we come together as one on Sunday mornings. And the last thing that I want to mention well, let me mention this before we go on. Um, when spiritual renewal begins to take place, again, when we have created the space and made time to spend with God, both privately and corporately, we begin to see this. Uh, coming up later in April this year, uh, as we think about the year ahead, uh, the Reverend John Broom has accepted the invitation that I have extended to come and to preach a series of services. We're going to call them renewal services. They'll happen April the 23rd. That's the Sunday after Easter. And we'll, happen, we'll have services in here that evening and then Monday evening and Tuesday evening, the 24th and the 25th. The Reverend John Broom is from Cape Town, South Africa. He is uh, Bonnie Dowdy's pastor. Uh, he, she is staying with him now as she is there in South Africa this month. But he will be here in April uh, and will be sharing with us a series of services. Uh, he and I have talked uh, through email and uh, briefly over the phone, but we're excited about what this could look like. We'll be making some preparation and learning more about what spiritual renewal looks like and challenging ourselves, 
but the services uh, will also be designed around this theme as well. And so my hope and prayer is that we will take it seriously, that we will begin praying about these services, that uh, the 28 Days of Love will, will lay some, uh, some incredible groundwork within our community for others when they receive invitations to come to these services. And I'm excited about, what this, about the potential uh, that lies uh, within, that, within those times. The last thing that I want to mention this morning is when spiritual renewal takes place in a congregation, we begin to see all of God's people living out a missional lifestyle. Let me say that again. When spiritual renewal takes place in a congregation, we begin to see all of God's people living out a missional lifestyle. There's no longer a line or a great gap between clergy and laity. We are reminded that we are all ministers. Verse 17 says in Colossians 3, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of us are paid to do, many of you are paid to do different things. We have nurses and teachers and professors and uh, factory workers and all kinds of different professions represented within our church family. Martin Luther King Jr., who we were reminded of last weekend with the the, um, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Monday, He has a quote that says, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or as Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the host of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. I hope you will join me and many others within this church and within our community as we begin to think about what spiritual renewal looks like We are reminded that God calls each of us to serve and to follow. Um, You may think that, um, you know, you're calling. I mean, it may may be to be a teacher. It may be to be a nurse. But God uses the gifts that he has given us. God uses us at the place where he has called us to be at this time, at this place in our history. And I hope that you will see yourself as a minister uh, where you are. Um, like I said, Martin Luther King here has the, the quote of a, of a street sweeper, but I hope that you will see uh, that God has called you uh, to serve and to live out, again, this missional lifestyle. I hope you will join me and, again, the many others as we begin to, to pursue spiritual renewal this year. But what might that look like in your life, in our life as a church family? This sermon is not a one and done on spiritual renewal, but it is just the beginning. I hope you will join me in praying again about spiritual renewal. And like I said, I think a natural process of spiritual renewal will be outreach. But think about the end of 2017. As we move into the fall and into the, the, uh, the closing months of 2017, won't it be great to look back if we take this challenge seriously and see the things, the unexpected, the unpredictable things that God did, not only in our lives individually, but collectively as a church. The potential here is so great. We have the resources. Will you join me? Let's join together with hearts that are committed. Thank you, Karen, for your challenge. 100% commitment to your faith. How it worked in great with today. You know, what would that look like with people who, uh, it's great to come together and to see each other and, and, and have this fellowship, but what would it look like when we're 100% committed to our faith? What would it look like when that spiritual renewal begins to take root in our life and begins to grow in new and unpredictable ways? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for Paul's word to the church at Colossae in Colossians 3. Father, it wasn't just to this church, but it was to this church at this time, this year, in this place. Father, challenge us. 
in regards to spiritual renewal. Help us, Lord, to put love above all as Paul challenged us to do that. And Lord, remind each of us that whatever we do, wherever we may be, Lord, you've called us to serve you with our words and with our actions. Father, if there are those here today that um, would be honest and would say that, you know, we need to, uh, we, we, I need to put off the old self. I need to put on the new self that is, that is Christ. That uh, my spiritual life has, has been stagnant. Uh, that um, I'm not looking more like Christ as I, as I move forward, but I'm just kind of hanging on with where I was. But Father, I pray that, Lord, if there are those here today, that Lord, whether it be in the pew or whether they come down, Lord, I pray that they would uh, evaluate and assess where they are in their relationship with you today. Father, if there are those here in this place that have never put their faith and their trust in you, Lord, may they feel uh, led to do that today. May you speak to their hearts and lead them closer to you. Lead all of us, Lord, as during this time of commitment closer to you and help us to know how you would have us to respond to this challenge of being spiritually renewed in our relationship with you. Father, we love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our hymn is number 383, We Are God's People. Please stand and join me in singing. Please join me in singing the congregational response. <laughs> 